Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski, podcast number 204. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's good to be recording together with you today, Jim. Right on, right on. I'm, I'm glad uh, that today I get to wear a sweatshirt, and I'm also glad that I didn't wear the shirt I was going to wear because it's identical to yours. And for those that are watching, it would have been a little strange for, for our watchers. Like, what, do they coordinate? Is this a new uniform? But so anyway, uh, give, us, give us the skinny. What's going on with pod number 204? Hey, Jim, uh, the title of it is called the Co-Vocational Balancing Act. And this is an idea that really uh, was sent to us by one of our weekly uh, watchers. Uh, In fact, he and his entire staff uh, watch this podcast every week and take notes. And he uh, sent me a note a while back and said, hey, John, would you consider uh, devoting an entire podcast to this subject? And I said, of course, we would. We'd love to do that. Um, In 2015, uh, we, we knew we had a stat that said this 38 percent of pastors in the united states were co-vocational that means they they worked right. inside the church and they worked outside the church yeah um and i i i'm of the opinion i don't have data to back it up that that number is increased uh mm-hmm. since uh 2015 almost every church has at least one co-vocational pastor on their team yeah. almost every church yeah. that i know um, Tim Deal, I, I don't know Tim personally, but I, uh, he, he gives a, a, a reasonably good definition of co-vocational pastor as a person who serves as a pastor in a church and also carries one or more other jobs in order to supplement his or her finances. Um, yeah. and, and this isn't a new phenomenon. This is as old as the, the New Testament, right? That, yeah. Paul, you know, yeah. the Apostle Paul, uh, one between vocational ministry he was a tent maker and then full-time and he he went back and forth uh between the two so it's not a new thought process or a new concept what is new is the percentage of co-vocational pastors in the u.s continues to climb and uh, i was co-vocational for a while and i think you know uh jim i I think there are some advantages Mm -hmm. to co-vocational ministry um, yep. One, you have dual sources of income, uh, and uh, I, I think sometimes that's a strength. Um, you definitely have a better feel for what people in the marketplace are dealing with. I think it makes you a better preacher. Uh, yeah. Because of that, you understand what your people face day in, yeah. day out. The marketplace is increasingly vulgar. Mm-hmm. Um there are bosses in the marketplace who, uh, and I'll just say this kindly, are not very nice. Um, yeah. And and when you are co-vocationally and you're in that, uh, you're in the fray, so to speak, it really helps you be a more compassionate preacher, teacher, leader, yes. and pastor. Um, but there are challenges yeah. that come along with... Uh, being co-vocational uh and, and I, I i just want to throw out a couple here jim or three of them yeah. then i want to pause and ask you what you think about just as we're diving into this i think yeah. pace, yeah. pace is a huge 
challenge for a co-vocational leader. How does a leader work in a marketplace full-time, pastor a church, or, or lead a ministry at the same time, raise a family, you know, if they've got a family, um, and have any hope of finding time for rest and, and, and rejuvenation? Yeah. So pace, I think, is a huge challenge. Uh, right yeah. alongside of that is energy management. You know, we said in pod uh, 203, we just said this, that we humans were created with limitations. We, yeah. we don't possess limitless energy. So the challenge is how does a co-vocational leader find the juice you know, to give right. appropriate energy to two or more jobs? Right. And, and then the third piece, third challenge, I think, Jim, is guilt. Mm. And most of the time it's false guilt. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that seek that sneaking suspicion that I'm mediocre at best at both jobs. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm killing one and I'm failing at the other. So Jim, yeah. what do you think about what we've what I've kind of laid out? Yeah. I, I I it's it's funny, there's a strange pull, right? Your primary ministry is to God and then to your your family. Uh, and then to your your congregational duties. So part of that duty to God and family is is creating income, you know, feeding, protecting, yes. contributing. Um, so, I, and, but I know your heart sometimes is not in spring this nut into this bolt in the factory. It's preaching a sermon on Sunday, and you know, Deacon Bob is in the hospital, and you know, Fred and Wilmer having marriage problems and Pebbles crying, and you, you got all this stuff you got to deal with. I I get it. I. Um, I, I wish I could say, just be faithful in this season and God will lead you out of that season into the next. But as you've already pointed out, this is apostolic. This is not a problem to be solved or, or a season to endure. This may be a calling uh, that, that you're a part of. Wow. So I, That's yeah, I, I, really, I think what you just said there, Jim, is, is really yeah. significant. Yeah. So I, I, I understand the desire to get out of it into the next thing, yep. but that, that may or may not be the case. And I guess knowing that God has put you where he's put you with the grace on you to do what only he can do through you and what only you can do through him and, and being okay with the realities and the limitations is it's huge. I, I I think the self delusion, if I just had this, I could do that. I, you know, maybe, maybe not. I, I think I asked my dad one time, he actually came to me and he said, he was about, Oh, just hit hit mid eighties. And I, I, he said, I've learned the secret to life. And he's kind of a cut up guy. So I said, really, you know, you know, the secret to life. And he said, yeah. yeah, I said, what is it? He said, he said, waking up every morning and believing before God that today is the greatest day of your life. Well, and, and whatever comes your way, you just say, well, yeah, I, I got into a car accident, but it was the, it's the greatest day of my life. I don't know why yet, but it's the greatest day of my life. And the, yeah. he said, we waste so much time mourning what's past and excited about what isn't yet that we, we miss the moments that we're actually living in. So I think, I think in that, that co-vocational, bivocational, multivocational, whatever the verbiage, um, man, go, go to Seven Eleven and serve the best Slurpees that that community has ever had. And, yep. and, and God's going to bless you one way or the other through your, through your work, right. through your labors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and today's pod's not about how to uh, go from co-vocational to a full-time role. That's not what we're talking about no. today. It's how do, we, how do we navigate the real challenges of this and, and, yeah. and stay upright? How do we stay healthy yeah. physically, mentally, and emotionally? Um, you know, Jim, I know we come back to this particular well 
that I'm about to share, and I'm going to share it really quickly. Uh, we 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 come back to this so often that some of our our uh, watchers and listeners might go get a cup of coffee during this because they've heard it before. <laughs> um, but I want to just touch on it. We're just going to touch on this, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna see how that impacts how it impacts the ability to navigate. It's yeah. a challenging scenario that many, many pastors find themselves in. And, and it's it has to do with work-rest rhythms. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in answer to the previous question, how does a leader work in the marketplace full-time, pastor a church at the same time, and yet have any hope to find space in yeah. his world, in her world for family and rest and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. There's four rhythms I would like to. Uh, uh, all of us who are listening, whether you're co-vocational or you have somebody on your team who's co-vocational, this is important for either situation. Yeah. Here's four work rest rhythms. I'm going to give them to you like rapid fire. We're yeah. not going to really probe them at all, but just use and kind of set up the rest of our, our time together. There's a daily rhythm. Yes. In, in Ephesians 1, or not Ephesians, in Genesis 1, 5, we read these words. And then there was evening and then there was morning the first day. Yeah. And that that phrase is repeated five additional times in right. uh, in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning. And each segment, these each of these six set segments were were periods of God, a God creatively outpouring energy, and each one of them was followed by a pause. Yeah. And at the very beginning of creation, we are introduced to this idea of work pause. Or some people have said, no, maybe it's pause then work. And I don't yeah. want to get too deep into that because yeah. that would take the rest of our time unpacking. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this, there's this daily rhythm that we're shown and, uh, and it has implications if you're co-vocational. Secondly, there's a weekly rhythm and that weekly rhythm we call Sabbath, a day off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after completing the work of creation, God rested on the seventh day. Why did he do that? Because he was wiped out? No. Uh, he has limited, limitless energy. Uh, yeah. He rested, I think, to show us, to model for us a healthy rhythm. Yes. Uh, a third rhythm that that we uh, want to just touch on here is a quarterly rhythm. So every 90 days, I want to encourage if you're co-vocational or if you're full-time and you have co-vocational staff to get them or to get yourself out of your zip code and yeah. take an hour, take three hours for relaxation, reflection, recreation, rest, yeah. all the R words, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and when I do this, I'm, I'm full-time at what I do. Um, yeah. But when I pr practice this third rhythm, I get away from my house, Jim, because yeah. when I'm here, my house is yelling at me. Yes. There is work to be done. There are projects to yeah. happen. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is a third rhythm we'd like you to consider. And then the fourth one is just an annual rhythm. And we're all familiar with this. It's it's vacation. Um, I would just say this to those who are co-vocational. Um, disconnecting from work for a real vacation is not wasted time. It's mm. not a luxury. It's mm. not selfish. It yeah. is essential. Yes. Learning, learning, remembering what it's like to play will actually help you be more productive yeah. as a co-vocational leader. So, Jim, yeah. these, these, uh, if, uh, these rhythms um, 
or somebody who's co-vocational, they'll have to get very creative, right? Yes. Yeah. With these sort of things. And I want to stop there for a minute, and then we're going to jump into some ideas about how to do this. But your thoughts. Well, I'm Uh, just looking at them. I'm looking at the daily, weekly, quarterly, and and annual. I'm just looking at them. And I, like you said, this is going to be more challenging, like the nightmare scenario, right? Co-vocational, heavily co-vocational, and three, three young kids. Um, you know, Billy's got a runny nose. I mean, just the nightmare scenario. I I like the word you said, you're going to be creative, but you can't, you can't exempt yourself. These are laws. These are not suggestions. These are principles by which we function or we break down so that, that you, you, I know you mentioned a previous thing is Sabbath. It's like, I just, I can't, I have to work Sunday, but I work the other six days to make, but can you, can you work? Can you go from sundown till sundown can you be up the full afternoon off can you the, yeah. the thought that we can operate we can function properly without rest without rhythms without refreshment without all the r's it, it's impossible you are you cannot read a book and get from a book what you can only get from rest you cannot get out of good. splitting it might be good for your soul but you're burning out your body you there, there's a rhythm and there's an order and these are laws these are physical emotional and spiritual laws that once violated carry with them a penalty. So you, you have to obey the law or you'll be apprehended by, by the laws themselves and you'll suffer the consequences. And I, I see too, that, that thought of, I don't know, I being careful of staying out of debt, being careful of credit card usage, being careful of uh, too much time on social media, being careful. I, I think if we, if we, if we really manage co-vocational life, young family life, young married life, well, We'll find there is enough, but we have to cut out some things that are just draws that and don't so produce good. fruit. So, and that's, yeah, I, and that's, that's so good, Jim. You know, so what I'd like to try to do is let's take those first two rhythms daily yeah. and the weekly, and let's put that in the, let's layer on top of that, this whole okay. vocational uh, context. Yeah. Um, so you're co-vocational and, you know, we're talking about a daily rhythm, you know, that there's some part of your day, there needs to be a pause from work. And it's yeah. not five minutes before you collapse into bed. Yeah. Exhausted. Um, keep in mind that most human beings lose a huge amount of their productivity after eight hours of work yeah. in a day. Right. right. Uh, if you're co-vocational, your days are likely going to exceed eight hours. They yeah. probably will. So you're going to have to work harder than most to clock out at a reasonable time daily. Um, you know, and with pastoral ministry, some sometimes ministry happens at nights. Uh, yeah. and, you know, and it requires your presence. Just don't let it become every night. Yes. Ugh. Don't let it become oh. every night. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe part of your daily rhythm is, hey, I'm going to take two nights, a, two days a week, and I'm done at five o'clock. Yeah. And I'm not picking up work. I'm not answering emails. I'm not answering my phone. Right. I right. from five until bedtime. Yeah. I'm 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 doing a mini. I'm doing a mini. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a good rhythm. Yeah. So I think sometimes we're we're uh, all or nothing type of people. Yeah. And we figure right. if I can't do this all the time the right way, then I'm not going to do it right any of the time. And I don't think that that's wise. So if no. you can if you can get three days out of a week where you have a good like I'm punching out, yeah, that's better than none, right? 
Right. Start with what you can work with, uh, you know, work with what you have in front of you. So if yeah. you can get three days where, man, you're, you're, you're clocking out at a reasonable hour, you're on your yeah. way. Yes. You're on your way. What do you think about that? That first yeah, idea? I, a friend of mine, um, I, we had a, a ton of kids come to a youth meeting unexpectedly. Uh, hundreds of kids we weren't expecting showed up to this big event. And I asked him the next day, how did it go? And he, he, he said it was organized chaos. But, it, but he, he coined the phrase, it was chaotic. And, and I think what you're describing is, you know, in, in the hecticness of life, like that doesn't, that doesn't, is it going to be always organized? Is it always going to be chaos? I don't know. Sometimes it's chaotic. Sometimes you do what you can to, to hold the surface tension together to, you know, so that you know, you're not picking up the, the laundry, you're not picking up the trash, you're picking up a pizza. And you're going home and your wife doesn't have to cook that night. Or your husband doesn't have to cook that night. And you're, you're being together, you know, uh, playing catch in the backyard. I, I, that pays dividends in your children's lives. That pays dividends in your marriage. And, and no, it's not a full weekend off and all the benefits. I, I get that. Yeah. But I, maybe, you know, you're, what you're talking about to me, John, is there's, there's default where life takes over and there's design where God takes over. You're, you're calling 100%. us to live from design. That's right. Default is, the default is breaking the laws. You'll be arrested. You'll be apprehended. You'll pay penalties. So if yep. chaotic is the best you got, man, just be chaotic. Yep. Yeah. And then the second rhythm, this weekly rhythm, uh, just a, a personal story. Immediately after I graduated from Oral Roberts University, I started a, in a bivocational, co-vocational role as a, yeah. I was a youth pastor at a church plant and I worked full time in yeah. the marketplace. So 40 hours a week in the marketplace, I served as a, as a youth pastor in a small rural church. And uh, the idea back then of I, uh, pastors taking a regular day off was not talked about much. Um, yeah. So my work rest rhythm during those two years, was, uh, my weekly rhythm was really messed up. Uh, mm -hmm. The work days were long. The full day off every week was problematic. I, Jim, I worked seven days a week for two years. I would say probably 40 to 50, 40, 40, 40 to 45 weeks each year. Those first yeah. two years were seven day. Yeah. Weeks. Mm. And I had no idea working 80 hours per week was unsustainable. I was 20. I started at 22. And I, I you know, I, I, I look back at being 22 and I think, how in the world did anything good happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe in God, think about what you were like when you were 22 and that anything good came out of what you tried at that yeah. age is a total miracle of the Lord. Yeah. And that you made it to 23 is, is grace personified. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Right. And so, and so if you're in a co-vocational role, maybe you can relate to this. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it might be next to impossible to get a full day off every week. So how about, how about these two ideas? Maybe, you, and we already mentioned this, I think a little bit, try, try stringing two to three nights in a row where you punch out at five o'clock. And that's kind of a, that's, you're, you're, you're working your way toward obedience yes. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, or some pastors who are co-vocational told me that at Friday at five, they're done with their, their marketplace job. They don't pick up anything ministry, ministry related until noon on Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. so that gives them, you know, what's that? That's like a, that's like a, a 19 hour. Yeah. Right. 
or, or yeah, it's like a 19 hour day off Sabbath. So you're yeah. close, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so get creative. Uh, right. Jim, I don't know if you have any other ideas on that, but those are two that came well, to me, right? I, just, just one. Yeah. And that is, you say, well, I, that, that 19 hours I have off, I got to mow the grass, go to Billy's little league team. I got to, you know, do the, the grocery shopping. I got to, and, and I, I get that, but remember everybody that celebrates Sabbath has to prepare for Sabbath. I, and that was my suggestion is like prepare for six days for that, that one day or okay. prepare for a hundred hours for that 19 hours. And, and, and but if you do a, a meal prep on Monday night and you mow the grass on Tuesday night and you, you, you mean you're, you're pacing that out so that you really set that time aside to be with God, to make memories with your family, to enjoy rest, uh, yeah. to renew romance, to, you know, all these things. So I, right. I, if that's the day you do all the other stuff, that's not really, that's yeah. not what Sabbath, Sabbath isn't to catch up. It's not a, it's not a day of the week that God doesn't know about that we get to catch up. It's a day that God set aside. And I've said this before, but I, I maybe it bears repeating that I, you know, whatever you choose not to put your hand to during Sabbath, you're releasing God's hand to during Sabbath. That's so so that, that thought that I need to work seven days a week because I have to, well, you're, you're, you're ignoring the principle that whatever you take your hands off of to honor God during Sabbath, he promises to put his hands to. So there's some things I can't do. And, and I, it bothers me during Sabbath because I, I need to be doing this, but I'm reminding myself by not touching it to honor God, God is touching it for me right now. And of course we've seen countless times, right? We, you, know, you said it before, right? We, we tell everybody give 10%, God will bless the 90. We all understand that one. We'll give God one day. He'll bless the other six. For some reason that one eludes us as pastors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, That's it. but what you just said there, I think is so profound. That on during that Sabbath stretch, what I take my hand off of, I release yeah. Yeah. to his hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's such a beautiful picture. And that's so encouraging that, you know, God's still at work when I'm not. Yeah. And and sometimes when I'm not, he's even at, well, he's always at work in a, in a more productive way than I am. But yes, I mean, is. what <laughs> comes out of doing your very best to try to be obedient here? Yeah. There is good fruit that's going to come on multiple layers in your life. Uh, I, I, before we close it up today, Jim, I want to I want to just speak to lead pastors for a minute who have co-vocational. So if you're a full time lead pastor and you have some yeah. co-vocational staff, just a couple of Please. thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I encourage you to collaborate with your co-vocational staff, collaborate with them to create a sensible and sustainable schedule. Yeah. You know, if they're working nine to five in the marketplace, set reasonable hours for the work they do at the church. Yeah, uh, And I think it's going to require, I don't think this is a one and done type of approach. I think this is going to be an ongoing regular yes. piece of communication between yeah. you and your staff, but create a space where um, uh, you are giving them the, sense that you're on their team here and you're wanting to work together with them, work with them, especially if they're valued, a valued member of the team. Yes. Uh, don't, uh, can I just encourage you as a lead pastor, if you're full-time and you have co-vocational, don't, please don't say, well, well back in the day when I was, you know, right. uh, that right, might be yeah. true, but that's not helpful. Yeah. It doesn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah. Bragging yeah. about your workaholism 40 years ago doesn't right. help. 
Right. And, yeah. And so, so there's that's one thing, and the, and the other thing, uh, and it's closely related to this, Jim. Is I, I want to encourage lead pastors with co-vocational uh, uh, staff, get, give them permission to inform you when you are giving them more work than they can realistically yes. handle. Yeah. Now I do that as uh, the leader of Converge Coaching. What sure what do I what yeah. do I tell all my team members? If if we're giving you more than yeah. you can ha- handle in a healthy way, you have permission to speak freely and yeah. say, I, "I can't do that." Yeah, um, I I don't have the space to do that, and we respect you all enough, uh, you know that. Hey, we're not going to push you past that. So yeah. let it be a this joint effort between you and this co-vocational person. Hey, if, you know, if somebody's co-vocational and you think they're acting a little bit lazy, it's okay to push, but please yeah. make, make it safe for them to walk into your office and say, boss, um, I don't know how I'm going to handle all of this stuff. Can we figure yeah. something? Right. But I think that touching base, how are, how are, how are you doing? How's the ministry doing? How's home going? Yeah, you know, right. how, how are your Sabbaths been? Are you working out? Are you, you know, those, those questions, I, I think I, nowhere do we find the word boss in scripture, but we right. find words like father, you know, I, I think even above the words pastor or bishop or apostle, you know, being a spiritual father. So if God's blessed you with, with a staff, maybe if you took a position of a parent, a father or a mother, so that even the mistakes you made, you, you don't want them to make. So you ask probing questions. Are you getting enough rest? When was the last time you had a date night? Yeah. You know? How are you doing financially? Uh, how's your other job going? Anything we can do to accommodate your success? I, I think, I think if we're gatekeepers and we're bosses and we're taskmasters, we we're not serving them. And if we're not serving them, there's a good chance eventually they'll not be serving us as a congregation. So, setting them up to succeed, part of that's on your shoulders. You, yes. you as the leader, have to be aware. My my wife actually fired one of our staff members one time. She walked in. She said, I've already talked to your wife and you are fired. And he said, what? He goes, I, I told you to take a day off. My, my wife leads our staff. I told you to do this. You came in anyway. We've talked about it. She says, you're getting grouchy at home. So you're fired. And he said, well, what, what, how do I fix this? She goes, well, you're fired for the next 48 hours. So she, she got him a hotel room and already, had already had the secretary cancel all the appointments, handed him an envelope with a hundred dollars. The room was already paid for one night. You and your children, you and your family are going away. This is the last time though you're fired for 48 hours. After this, this is my last warning. After this, you you need to listen to me. And so we, you know, are, are we perfect at this? No, but you have to you have to be dishonest with us to get away with this. You have to lie to us because we're going to ask you these questions because we're like like converge. If you're in it, we want you in it to win it for the long haul. We want you to have a good time doing it. You want your kids to feel like you know the you know the ministry stole my parent or. You know, my my spouse is having an affair with ministry. None of that, none of that's allowed. So if you have bandwidth, then give it. If you don't, then maybe you need to minimize some other things. You know, if you don't have money to pay your rent, quit playing the lottery. That's pretty simple, right? If you don't have time to be married, then maybe you should quit social media for a season and or forever. For the love of God, quit it forever. So yeah, good one, John. Good one. Any any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just one. And yeah. um, you know. A lead pastor who's full-time might be listening to this and wondering, why should I work hard at helping my co-vocational staff with this stuff? No one helped me. Well, again, we already talked about that, right? Yeah. Um, 
Or you might be co-vocational thinking, why should I work at this myself? Because yeah. listen, co-vocational pastors, pastors in general, doesn't matter if you're co-vocational or not, cannot escape the negative consequences of working and living out of rhythm for an extended period of time. It will catch up to you. And the way it catches up to you, irritability, fatigue, lack of focus, anxiety, depression, those things will knock, not all of them, maybe, maybe a few of them, maybe all of them will knock on your door often suddenly when you're living on the edge of exhaustion. And You'll have a revolving door of staff if you fail to pay attention to this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe that's a litmus test. How am I doing at this? Well, let me ask you, how many staff members have come and gone? How long do they stay? What's their reason for for leaving? You know, those are good good litmus tests. Those are those are honesties. Yeah. Right. Right on. So that's what I have today, Jim. Awesome, John. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and guys that are, you know, watching, and I, I'm Midwestern, so guys means men and women, people that are watching, like, the the thought that a simple conversation like this can radically change the trajectory of your life and the life of your staff mm-hmm. is evidence of of it's been a good investment of 30 minutes and one of the things we like to do as converge is to offer you 30 minutes not not in a mass setting not i mean this was something that somebody requested john was kind enough to prepare this this time for him and people like him but but this is open to anybody um if you would like to speak to somebody that's a part of the converge team part of the Converge family, um, go to convergecoach.com and you'll see the first thing that comes up is a contact us link. And if there's something we can do to help you work through something, and, and maybe this involves coaching, maybe this involves um, counseling, we can recommend those things. But our goal, I mean, the reason we give this away for free is to generate a healthy body of leaders that, that are having a good time, they're in it for the long haul and being successful. We're, we're committed to that half hour as much as we are committed to this one. So. Um, click on it. Let's let's spend some time. How can we help you? How can we serve you? What can we do to to, to keep you in this doing well? And and obviously you are. It's Tuesday. You haven't quit. And uh, God bless you for that, dear leader. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. As always, we're we're a click or two away. We're a phone call away. We're a text away. We love you guys. We're praying for you as you continue to lead from alignment.